I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We're both adults here, so there are no April Fool's jokes to start the Friday edition of the BWI Daily. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. That's Ryan Snyder. We are talking recruiting, though. So happy April. We finally made it through March, which felt like the longest month of my life, Ryan. How are you doing today on Friday? Uh, good. You 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 should wait for uh, July then. Uh, at least like last year, <laughs> July was the longest month of my life, but it was... Uh... It was good. It was, uh, it was, hey, it was great for the websites at the time. So, but man, that was, I want to talk about a long month. What was it, like 15 commitments or something? That was, oh, yeah. That was a long month. Yeah. So, uh, and, uh, it, in a different sense, too, of like, for me, it was just stuff that wasn't work related. It was, it was just a bunch True. of other stuff. But for, for, recruiting and for uh penn state football that was i think they'd take a, another month of 15 commitments especially if it were this early in the season but we're not talking about that today we're yeah. talking about visitors and laying the groundwork for all of that to then come to fruition in july so we're going to get to it today but before we do as always i want to start by telling you thank you for watching Always appreciate you checking out the videos and our conversations about everything Penn State football, basketball, and sports related. But if you want to go one further, like the video and subscribe to YouTube if you haven't yet. Blue White Illustrated here on YouTube. You hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything, including maybe there's commitments coming up in the near future. This is the time of year Penn State gets one or two. Don't miss anything from T. Frank's Film Room to Ryan and Greg talking about this stuff over on uh, the Tuesday edition of the show where we break down all the things recruiting. So bluewhiteillustrated.com, another great resource as well. Sign up for just a dollar, and you'll get information that Ryan and I aren't even going to talk about today. Rodney Gallagher's coming up on the show. We'll give you some information, but to get the full inside details, you got to be signed up to bluewhiteillustrated.com for just $1. Visitors this week, Ryan. Who do we have mm -hmm. coming in? Who are the names that people need to know? Mm-hmm. Well, we're looking at probably a little under two dozen players, I would think. Two dozen like division one prospects, they would say, you know, there's always friends of friends uh, who we don't always put the list on there because it would just get uh, huge. But uh, I would I would think we'll have some around 20 guys who are, you know, legit going to play division one football, whether it's, you know, on Penn State's level or, or at a smaller school. Um, you know, the 2023 class this week is isn't is it too loaded? What, what's standing out to me is is the young guys coming up here this week. And that was a similar trend last week as well. Uh, we saw a lot of. Uh, underclassmen 2024 2025 prospects and and that's what it's looking like again this week i think the, the first guy that really kind of grabs my attention is kyle altooner uh, from from good counsel he's about six two and a half right now uh 290 pounds he he was a a top performer last week at the under armor camp uh, down in baltimore which uh, we we both attended and uh mm -hmm. you know i think i think the only knock on altooner really is his size you know if, if he could add another uh inch or two which again you know he's only a, a sophomore right so so right. that should come with time um but I mean, everything else tech technically and, you know, from a from a foot movement uh, perspective is, is all there. You know, he has offers from Notre Dame, Old Miss, Pitt, 
uh, Rutgers, Boston College, and uh, and Maryland. So uh, getting him back is good. This will be his second time at Penn State, and uh, his first real opportunity to, uh, I think, really sit down with Troutwine. His last visit was for the uh, Indiana game in October, and you know that's really just kind of come to the game and go home. Right. Uh, so so Al Tuner's probably. Um, one of the top guys, you know, that that'll grab my attention. Like I said, uh, Josiah Brown uh, for, from Long Island is another player coming up. Uh, speedster kind of guy. I think he I think he will be a wide receiver for Penn State. But but uh, I got to kind of learn a little bit more on that. We have him listed as an athlete, 6'1", 175. Uh, and Josiah's kind of taken off as well right now. He's got uh, similar schools, Al Tuner with with Notre Dame and West Virginia, Pitt, Rutgers, all offering. Uh, th- this will be Josiah's first first visit up here. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it works. Uh, but unlike Josiah, Makai White, another 2024 prospect from Virginia, he he will be up here as well this weekend. And he's been on campus. I think this will be his fourth visit already, uh, which for a 2024 guy is 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 up there. And, and I mean, according to our database, he's taken like 23 visits so far, which is like, wow, wow. you know, for, for for a sophomore, that's that's impressive. I mean, Nick Singleton took a ton um before before the pandemic started too which which got my attention at the time but i don't think he took 20 uh, more, more than 20 at that stage in the process mm-hmm. so um this will be his fourth visit to penn state um we have him at 6'3 182 and uh he was another guy we got to watch uh, out in baltimore last week I, I was talking to greg on tuesday i didn't realize how long he is uh so so it makes sense from that perspective penn state definitely needs some length at that wide receiver perspective or yeah. wide receiver position uh, but he's visited Maryland, what, three or four times, North Carolina three times, Virginia Tech three times, uh, Virginia, South Carolina, Notre Dame, Florida State, Ohio State, Rutgers, and Arizona State have all hosted Makai White. So uh, heck of a visit list for for a yeah. sophomore, man. He's he's getting out there and seeing everything he can. Yeah, that's uh, that's quite the list of, of schools to visit already. Um, so when it comes to the 2023 versus 2024, I know that it's never done and you're never done searching for players in, in one class, but do you feel like Penn State knows the landscape in 2023 and that's why they're kind of focusing on 2024? And is this kind of the cycle of how this works of you've got pretty much what you're looking at and then it's just about kind of under the nooks and crannies and now you focus on the next season? Is that why 24 comes into the spotlight a little bit more at this point or how does that work? No, no, I think it's just when when can you get guys on campus? Okay. That's really all it is. I, I think. I mean, look, if they could get five or six or seven of their top twenty twenty three prospects on campus, it's not like they're going to say no, right? I mean, they they would love to right. have those guys up this weekend. I think it's just whoever's schedule fits and 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 the different weekends. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of guys will come up for the blue white game. We know that, and uh, it looks like maybe next weekend will be a little heavier uh, with some twenty twenty three talent, but it's. It's really just, man, get your best players on campus whenever you can. And yeah. I don't really, they don't really have select weekends. I mean, you have those junior days in January where you try to flip the page a little bit, uh, you know, with the, with the previous class being all all but done. But really, man, it's it's just about getting your best players on whenever you can. Yeah, and uh, something we talked about on the BWI live show, but I want to get your thoughts on it. The the value of having spring practice as well, and how that fits into the visitor list. Uh, because we, we've heard a lot of guys, you talk about sitting down with Phil Troutwine and going through meetings, but also then being able to see them, how they coach on the field. Is that why you see a couple of guys who maybe are close, they come to spring practice, and then you get a couple commitments in the spring because of that? It helps. I mean, it's just everybody's different. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not it's not really black and white. It's kind of gray. I mean, I will say, like, if you look at the first week and a half here, and you look at when guys have visited going back to last, what was it, last 
Friday or whatever, or last Monday, excuse me. Um, you know, like basically guys are only here when there's a practice. If you look at the Tuesdays and Thursdays in recent weeks, there's no, there's no recruits here. So, so they're coming to, to see spring practice. I mean, that, that's why they're making these trips and, and yeah, it definitely helps uh, when you get to get an up close look at what your position coach is really like. And, and it's not even just practice too. It's, it's those meetings, right. Uh, sitting down. Uh, like I was talking to Amir Herring. We'll talk about him in a second, but like, you know, he, he, he was saying like, uh, I enjoyed spring practice. It was good seeing uh, what, what coach Troutwine is like and whatnot, but going through those offensive meetings, or offensive line meeting, then the full offensive meeting, then the full team meeting as well, you know, really getting a perspective of of what those are like uh, was just as informative uh, because, you know, <laughs> when you're a Division One player, man, you, you spend a lot of time in, in those meetings and, and uh, yeah. you know, drilling down different like, – I think you probably spend more time doing that than you do practicing. Oh, so, for sure. Uh, so yeah. That, that's – yeah, that's a good perspective as well. Uh, but, hey, one thing before we before we turn the page real quick, I do want to note that there are some some pretty good 2025 guys coming. And, like, yes, I get it. Like, a lot of fans don't, you know, they're only freshmen. But there's two guys that I'm expecting that, like, I think we absolutely have to mention. And they're, okay. and they're Kamar Archie from from the Hun School in uh, in New Jersey. And then Lazier Brooks, who who's also from uh, New Jersey. Uh, Archie is looking like he's going to be a, a five-star player. Uh, for, I mean, it's early still, but – the, the way his offers are falling and the way people mm-hmm. talk about him, you know, at least I would say a top 100 player for sure. He, right now he's 6'1", 195. Again, he's, he's a freshman uh, at the Hun School. Uh, he originally from Trent, New Jersey. Uh, but his offer list, I mean, Did you linebacker. Mention linebacker, me. okay. Yeah, I, I think I skipped that. Thank you. Uh, Georgia has already offered. Like, whenever Georgia's coming up here and offer freshman, right? Like, that, right. that's that's just setting off alarm bells. But Michigan's offered. Michigan State, West Virginia, Maryland, Virginia. Uh, of course, Rutgers and Penn State as well. I think Nebraska, Pitt, or a couple other schools. But, like, I mean, he's already over, like, a dozen offers. Uh, and he's, uh, I'm not going to say just a baby, but you know what I mean? He, he's, right. he's, he's pretty young. He's only played one season so far. Uh, and then you look at Lazier Brooks too. He's a, he's a very good running back prospect out of Millville, uh, New Jersey. I mean, he's the same. He's got Texas A&M on him, Georgia, Kentucky, West Virginia, Rutgers, Nebraska, um, you know, a host of other regional programs as well. So, uh, these are two players who I think we're going to be talking about a lot. Now I will say that uh, some people have mentioned to me that, that Lazier is already thinking about maybe committing to Georgia which was interesting, interesting to me. I didn't really know that. Um, there, there's some talk that, you know, he's really, really high on Georgia. And, you know, I, I guess Georgia would accept a 2025 commitment. Yeah, what's the what's the likelihood of keeping a guy committed for three years? Like, I I mean, Matthias, Matthias Barmo Barmo did. Didn't. Yeah, exactly. I, Penn State doesn't have much experience with that. You know, <laughs> it's not like I pay attention to yeah. all those schools out there. I, I can't I can't pretend I pay attention to, uh, you know, a ton of 20 or a ton of freshman commitments in other classes. So uh, I, I would think it's pretty low, you know, especially yeah. considering that guys, you know, like we saw with Neil Avery this week, you know, guys commit all the time. They think they know uh, and then they miss the process. Right. Yeah. So. I would think it's 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 down there a good bit, but, uh, but also, Brooks is a really good. I think it's gonna be a running back prospect. We have him at five nine one seventy at the moment. Go ahead. Consider the fact that Penn State has hosted committed prospects over the last couple of weeks from uh, California with the the cousins that came out that are committed to Utah mm-hmm. and and to USC. Aaron so, White and Kobe Boinkin. Yes, yes. Go ahead. thank you. Yeah. So it, it, even if somebody commits at this point, I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. 
Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, who knows? Uh, anything yeah. else on the visitors coming up this weekend? Or are we good to switch over to some of the guys that already have and you've spoken to a little bit or we've we've got a little bit more information on from this yeah. previous week? I mean, they're, they're pretty much the top guys. I mean, they're, they're all the guys who hold Penn State scholarship offers, right? So, I mean, yeah. I could see more coming. I mean, Aiden Black's a good 2024 prospect out of Delaware Valley that, that I think is a pretty good player. Tyler, Tyler Burnham um, from Red Bank Catholic. I still have to triple check with Tyler. I know his teammates plan to come up, so I think Tyler's coming. Uh, but, but Burnham has, I believe, like a West Virginia offer already. So th- there's a, there's a quite a few guys who have uh, quality Power 5 offers, like Makai Ro- I think it's Makai Rosignol, I believe, from, from St. Joseph Regional. Uh, he, he's a guy who has a, a couple quality offers. I believe uh, Temple's offered and like Akron. Like, I mean, he's a Makai's only a 2025 player as well. So he's he's moving up through the ranks. But uh, like I said, I mean, there I expect probably about 20 players who will play Division One football at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of those 20, probably maybe seven or eight of them will, will get a Penn State offer at some point. But, uh, you know, I think whenever you're getting around two dozen or so Division One players to come up for, for spring practice, that's pretty good. At least looking back to previous years, uh, I think that's a little bit of a higher total, which makes sense because we haven't had spring practice for the last couple of years, right? So yeah. uh, it makes sense that guys would want to get up there and see that. Yep. Uh, I want to start with the, the guys we have a little more information on that have already visited campus. Really interesting player in Kyle Parker. You talked about him and and his visit earlier this week, but I think we have a little more details. Uh, and some of the things you were writing about with who's recruiting him, I find really interesting, the receiver from Texas. So what's the situation mm-hmm. there with Kyle Parker? Yeah, it's just unique that we're we're not seeing Taylor Stubblefield lead a recruitment for a wide receiver. We're seeing Mike Yurchich do it instead. Uh, I still kind of need to learn details on that. I mean, I, I know Yurchich obviously has ties to Texas, right? He, he spent time down there recruiting. Right. And I would think that's a major reason why. I I, I would assume uh, with, with – um, you know, Kyle, he's from Lovejoy High School, I believe it is. He's he's right outside of Dallas. He's a little bit north of Dallas. So I would assume that uh, Yurchitz, you know, had a previous relationship with either his coaches down there or, or maybe even the player himself uh, when he was at Texas, and that's why. But it's still just unique to me. You, that's not something we see very often, especially not with a coordinator. You see assistants who, you know, uh, you know, Ty Howell, for example, you know, he's a, he's a dominant presence in North Carolina because he's from North Carolina. Uh, and right. then the position coach will, will take things from there, but uh, just, just not, not something you see very often uh, with Parker though. I mean, I do think that that Texas should be a pretty heavy favorite there. We have him at 91.2% chance uh, landing yeah. him and no one three's recruiting prediction machine. And uh, it really, and that relationship really is all about Brendan Marion, who was previously the, the pit uh, wide receiver coach. he, he gets uh, you know, a new job at Texas this year. And and yeah, I guess Kyle already had a very strong relationship with Marion, who who I think Marion was like one of the first power five uh, coaches to offer him. So now mm-hmm. he's at Texas. He's visited Texas already a couple of times. He's going to go to Texas this upcoming weekend. Uh, you have to think that's probably where he's going to end up leaning towards. But but I also wouldn't be shocked to see Kyle uh, return to Penn State for an official visit. The other thing we got to figure out is just kind of where he sits on that board. Right. I mean, Penn State has offered almost 50 wide receivers this year. So. 
Oh, granted, a lot of those guys are just national players who, you know, an yeah. offer might as well just be an invitation to campus. I mean, that's kind of how I look at a lot of these things. You're just trying to get a relationship going and mm-hmm. trying to get guys on campus. But, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a massively deep board. Uh, so where so where he sits there, uh, that's kind of what I need to learn here in the coming weeks. Yeah. And I, I feel like, you know, you've gone over that receiver board several times but every single time that we come up to that particular position as you mentioned it just seems like it's very cloudy there's one or two guys that you you know Penn State really wants then it becomes Mm -hmm. the reality of getting some of those players and then after that where's the what's the order and what's the importance of those players so you're right I I feel like this is one kind of like we mentioned with running back that might be coming into more of a focus but the receiver position depending on how many they even take this year is a bit open to that question do you have a number in mind there? We haven't talked as much about receiver, which is more of a volume position, but after a big class last year, do you see the same coming up given the ambiguity right now? It'll definitely be at least two. I mean, I feel yeah. very confident saying that. I mean, it I would think have three, to be two at least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think three is realistic, but again, I mean, are they going to take nine offensive linemen? That's just an exaggeration, of course, <laughs> but like, it, you know, right. Just, we're going to talk about Amir here in a second. Like, you know, that's, that's, how's that going to play out? Because it, it certainly feels to me that they are restocking the shelves of the offensive line. And, yep. and, you know, I, I'm thinking six would be the O-line number, but, but again, I mean, just every, every position impacts another position. Uh, you know, they, they have to sort things out, of course, uh, defensively too. Defense kind of overlaps offense, not all the time though. It's, right. it's really more so uh, offense defense, but they, but especially when you get late, when you get late in the cycle, yeah, they all overlap, but, but yeah, I, I think three is the easy estimate right now. Uh, but again, you know, add another uh, add another uh, offensive lineman to the mix or, you know, even maybe even two running backs. I still think one is realistic. But if, yeah. if that were to become a thing, uh, then, yeah, that that changes your wide receiver numbers a good bit. Yeah, we'll get to the receivers again in just a little bit. But right now uh, you mentioned him, you're Herring. So let's discuss him. Uh, Where is he from? What position inside outside on the offensive line and what's going on? with uh, this particular group because they've got some big fish they want to land and it seems like they're still going after some interior guys when that seems pretty set. Mm-hmm. So give us the landscape here and tell us about Amir Herring. Yeah, I think, well, let's start with Amir first. West yep. Bloomfield, Michigan, uh, who, you know, West Bloomfield was an incredible program. Uh, they will always be an incredible program. They're, they're one of the best outside of Detroit, no doubt. Uh, 6'3", 290, so he's definitely an interior guy. I mean, a couple things stand out about Amir. Uh, first off is his personality and just who he is as a person. He would be a perfect fit for Penn State. He'd be a perfect fit for, you know, Michigan to uh, Notre Dame. I don't think Notre Dame's actually offered him, but he has visited Notre Dame a couple of times. But, like, he fits those programs, right? Great kid off the field, cares yep. about academics, um, you know, total – everything about him screams a leader, you know? So, so that perspective, I think that's a big reason why you have to keep going after uh, guys like him. Now, again, it's also April one, right. And, yep. and what is that? Eight more months uh, until signing day. So you can never really stop there. You don't, you don't know uh, what's going to happen um, moving forward, especially with NIL. I think that's, uh, we've talked about that recently. I think that's yep. going to have a say in uh, where, where these guys end up signing down the road. But uh, look, I, I, I still think Amir would probably end up in Michigan. I, 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 I think the Wolverines have had a good good edge there for a little while. Uh, he, he's, I believe, he's going. I think he's going back to Michigan here soon. Or he just went to Michigan, excuse me. I believe uh, he's going. I think this weekend he said he's going to Nebraska. Um, 
well, excuse me, Missouri and Cincinnati. Those are his three upcomings. I mean, to me, I think Penn State's in a good position to receive an official visit, and then they'll they'll kind of decide, right? So you, you keep recruiting these guys. You kind of see where, you know, Samson Okunlola ends up or Evan yeah. Link because, yeah, they absolutely need tackles. I, I don't think that's a surprise uh, over interior guys. But, again, I mean, Amir's someone they've been on hard for a long time. So how do you just stop recruiting a player that you right. really like, especially when there's eight months to go? I think that's the main thing here. I would say – you know, definitely less than 50, 50 chance he ends up here, probably like 20, 30% when you, when you consider the other schools out there mm-hmm. and then Penn state's positional needs as well. It's, it's just an interesting situation, as you mentioned with the shaky ground that NIL is, is, you know, that reverberation, you feel like you're not set anywhere, mm-hmm. especially on the interior where Penn state has so many, not only players, but high quality players in this class. So uh, it's just going to be interesting seeing this class get to the finish line. Um, so mentioned it twice. Now you spoke to Rodney Gallagher. Uh, he just put out today that he's going to be visiting Penn state this month. So uh, what do you want to share with us here on the show about what you talked about Rodney with, and then how important mm-hmm. is that visit? Cause this is something that he was still working through when he wanted to visit, how he wanted to visit. And then he was going to take a lot of them when he talked here on the BWI daily edition last month. So what sort mm-hmm. of uh, situation is there with Rodney? I would say, I mean, the most important thing for Rodney is to get out and see other schools. And I've talked okay. about that before. And I think fans say fans should understand that, too. I mean, he's been here three times, four times, four times. So he's about to have a fifth here uh, at the end of April, which, of course, he, he put out earlier today that he will be here April 30th. But but he has to see these other schools to to get to the point where, okay, I think Penn state is the best. I mean, I expect him to end up at Penn state. I've said it multiple times now. Yeah. And uh, I, I feel good about my, my uh, recruiting prediction machine uh, pick for, for the Nittany Lions. I, I still think that that will uh, work out for Penn state in the end, but uh, he needs to get to Notre Dame too. Uh, that, the one yeah. thing I'll, I'll really share from that is that I do feel like Notre Dame is, is becoming Penn state's main competition there. I mean, he did share that, uh, that they are pretty much on them as hard as any other uh, competitor at the moment. But uh, w- what he has shared publicly is that he will go to West Virginia this weekend. We knew that was coming. Uh, he has a, he put it out there that he will go to Virginia Tech next weekend. That's actually going to get canceled now uh, because he's going to participate in a seven on seven tournament with Team Evolve uh, mm-hmm. next weekend in Philadelphia, which I'm going to possibly try to attend. Uh, we'll, we'll see how the schedules worked out there. But we know Ohio State will get them up there for their spring game on yep. April 16th. And we know Notre Dame will get there for April 23rd. Uh, we talked about some other things that I'll keep behind the paywall for now, which uh, you know our fans can, can check out by subscribing, of course. But uh, I do expect additional visits to come in May. What schools we'll see. Uh, I, I think our, our subscribers can, can figure those out by the story, of course. But uh, I, I'll, one thing I will add is that official visits are still coming, of course. Yeah. And I think they will have a massive impact on them. Uh, there are some schools outside the region that may get those official visits. So that'll be interesting to see how he sorts that out. And then how will that impact the regional schools that really want to host them? Uh, I still feel confident in saying, though, that Penn State will get one of his five official visits. Yeah, and, and he is – so when we talk about the receiver board, he's the guy, right? So he is the in-state yeah. product. He's well, the guy that fits the best, right? Well, yeah. I mean, he's he's certainly a top guy for, you know, being a slot receiver, uh, you know, someone they really want for that position. But, I mean, no, Rodgers is incredibly important as well. Sure. Uh, and, sure. They're, you know, they're just a little bit of a different kind of receiver, right? No, yeah, Rodgers yeah, is yeah. a little bit more of a, you know, going up kind of guy and a little more length and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of look at him and, 
him and Rodney is one A one B. And you're right because him being it with him being an in-state guy and how many times he's visited here and uh, just everything else that uh, that Rodney's proven over the years as, as being just a just a hell of an athlete. Uh, that that makes sense, you know, for for Penn State to to really put him on a pedestal. But um, there there are other guys too who I, I think certainly deserve to be in that upper uh, upper tier. Yeah. But I would still, yeah, Rodney and no no Rogers, they're one A and one B in my eyes. Yeah, and, and the reason I say that is because of the proximity, how you confident you feel about him getting to Penn State, uh, and I think an important thing too, you know, when I talked to him was that the the NIL was going to be a part of what he wanted at the next level, and he outlined some of the other. things things he's looking for in his next stop and now Penn State's kind of rounded out that profile so if they were to not land him that would be a blow I think for this class and that's why I mentioned it that way obviously there are other players at that position you mentioned Noah Rogers pretty much anytime we talk about the receivers how important he is because of that next level talent like the the serious yeah. talent uh, but Rodney's a good football player and feels like uh, and not not just because they're regionally tied but feels like a Lamont Payne sort of thing of you got to get that guy because if you don't, then we're yep. into the 50 other players on the board. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and you know, I mean, there's a reason Rodney was one of the first wide receivers they offered, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a reason, there's a reason those guys stand out when they're young and it's, it's usually because they're uh, either incredible athletes or a combination of being, you know, great students and everything off the field as well, while being uh, an incredible athlete. So, yeah, and, and look, no Rodgers isn't going to be easy to land. Like, I mean, yeah. right now, I think Penn State's kind of fringe top five with him. So I wouldn't be putting uh, Penn State uh, among his true favorites at the moment. Like I said, maybe fringe top five or so. But he's only been to Penn State one time, and that was, uh, I believe, for the uh, Auburn game last year. So it's been a long time. I mean, they, they need to get him back on campus immediately if they're going to have a chance. And, oh, by the way, he's visited NC State like seven times. He's visited <laughs> North Carolina. Yeah. Three times, I believe, you know, uh, South Carolina, Tennessee. Like, it just kind of feels like he's going to stay in that in that region. Yeah. Uh, so we get you all the information here from Ryan Snyder on the BWI Daily Edition when it comes to the nuts and bolts, the information you need to know, the the facts, just the facts, ma'am, even though I never watched Dragnet. <laughs> um, but the other thing I want to do, because I'm learning this myself on the first time around the sun being fully integrated into recruiting, is also what's coming next, what's the calendar like, because this is all based on an actual calendar with dates and transitions between what you can and cannot do. So April houses another transitionary period. So coming up in the middle of the month, things are going to shift a little bit. And I always want to have Ryan kind of explain the difference between what we're in now is the quiet period and the evaluation right. period. So what's the mm -hmm. difference there and when is it happening? It should, I don't know why they call this the quiet period. It should just be like the visit period. I don't, <laughs> this is, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, I understand it's because yeah. of that's nothing to do with like on campus. It has to do with like how they can contact guys off campus really. But uh, it just always was a silly name to me. Uh, but now the, the spring evaluation period, there, there's kind of like two evaluation periods, right? There's the evaluation period during the season, which mm -hmm. is where guys, coaches are allowed to go out and watch players play games. And that's, that's the, the gist of it for the most part. Uh, the spring evaluation period is April 15th to May 31st. And Penn State won't be on the road for all of those days. Uh, you get 168 evaluation days is what it's called. Uh, and basically, basically 168 is is split up between all your coaches. Uh, and and it's it, it drags out that long. It, excuse me, what's the best way to put it? 
it has an April 15th to May 31st window because schools end their spring games at different times. But really what it equals out to is when you, when you split that up between your, your 10, 11 coaches who hit the road, uh, it's, it really works out to be about four weeks on the road to go see players at their specific schools. And, you know, we see coaches go out to schools all the time, right? You see that in January, you see that in December, you see that during the season. And a lot of those are just kind of meeting with the coach and uh, you know, you get to meet with the player a little bit, you get to have a bump. Uh, but that's, you know, it's really just kind of talks more than anything. During the evaluation period, you're actually able to work players out. So say, for example, Mike Yurchik, for example, he's going to probably end up going to see Marcus Stokes at some point. And he's going to, I believe it's, I'm not sure exactly how long. I think it's about 30 minutes or so, but I might be wrong with that. Uh, he's allowed to put them through workouts. And he's allowed to specifically say, hey, I want to see your, you know, throw a, a 15-yard curl. Or, uh, you know, I want to see your deep ball, whatever it may be. Uh, but coaches are allowed to specifically put these guys through workouts. Now, there are other evaluation periods, like I said, in December and January, where if Mike Yurchich shows up at the same time that those guys are, you know, doing a workout, especially down south where you could be outside and throwing and stuff like that, yeah, he's allowed to watch it, but he's not specifically allowed to say, hey, Marcus, I want to see this throw, that throw. I want to see you, uh, you know, run, whatever it may be. You know, you're, you're allowed to, to really just kind of put guys through workouts. So that yeah. that's the big difference here. You know, I think you'll see Penn State. Obviously, they'll go see a lot of 2023 guys, uh, but they they know that board already. So they'll see a lot of kind of fringe 2023 guys, guys they're trying to get a better feel for, uh, and then a lot of 2024 players as well. They'll they'll be put through through a bunch of different workouts. But really, it's just a period for the coaches to go out to different schools and, and work guys out in person and get an opportunity to see how athletic they really are. Awesome, good to know. I will sharpen my pencil to be ready to write down all this stuff on my calendar for when it happens. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? I was want to make sure anything I didn't ask you that I should have coming up for this weekend or whatever. Who's your final four pick? Who's winning it all? I would have you had... You don't even know who's in it, do uh, No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> North Carolina plays Duke and uh, Villanova plays Kansas. I'm a Villanova fan. Let's go with Villanova. Yeah, I'm going to Villanova. Yeah. I could have guessed half of those schools based on, you know, just traditionally who's in the final four, but I might have said uh, Wichita State. And I, I don't know. If there's one thing That's I don't... Yeah, if there's one thing I don't do, it's follow college basketball during the tournament pretty like at all. Uh, unless you don't there's like, a yeah, reason I was gonna to. Say, if you don't follow it during the tournament, you don't follow it at all, right? There's no yeah. reason to, to follow it during the regular season. I uh, follow Penn State basketball until their season is over, and that's when I stop following yeah. college basketball. So that's about it for me. Go Villanova. That's all. Uh, we're good on, 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 uh, on the recruiting end. Next week should be a good recruiting weekend, though. Now that I have thoroughly embarrassed myself to uh, sports fans, let's end Sorry. the show. No, it's it's it was going to happen eventually. It's not you. It's <laughs> definitely me. That'll do it this week for the BWI Daily Edition. We're back on Monday with both the daily and the live show at noon. Make sure you subscribe to Blue White Illustrated for a dollar over on the website and for free here on YouTube so you don't miss anything. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. Talk to you then. Bye.